in a way you can't even everyone is an imposter first of all you have to be because that's by definition if you're doing something that hasn't been done before you're not that thing yet like you have to be an imposter before you can achieve something you've never achieved before Welcome back to Foreign Gems. Yep. I'm Mac. I am Ola. And we're back. Actually, I gotta fix that. Right. I am Ola. Ola? Yeah, Ola. I'll keep it this the podcast. <laughs> yeah, you should. Uh, <laughs> one of our listeners uh, corrected me. She was like, you lied to me. I said, what do you mean? <laughs> She's yeah. like, you told me <laughs> your name is Ola, but you, you guys always say Ola. Wow. I was like, well, that's because that's what people call me. So I'm just used uh, to okay. interesting that way. Yeah. So, so it's Ola. It's Ola. Yeah. Ola. Am I saying that right? Yeah, you got it. Ola. Okay. <laughs> you heard it. Mac and Ola. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're back again with Foreign Gems. Episode something something. Yeah. Um, and this time, what are we talking about? We're talking about imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome. This is a good topic. Is it imposter? Imposter. There are two I, versions I see. Im, imposter. Imposter. I, that's how I know it, but I don't know. If you I've Goog- seen it spelled with O R. Yeah. Yeah. If you Google it, it would tell you that they're both correct, but I don't know which one is more common. But yeah. That's uh, something to look into after, actually. And if one of the listeners knows the correct answer to this, just they should shout it out. <laughs> correct us. Don't be afraid to correct us at all. But yeah, imposter syndrome. I think this is very pertinent to this podcast, or at least who we're hoping to reach with this podcast. Because I think this is something that a lot, like, a lot of people go through, but especially if you're kind of in a removed situation, in a place where maybe you're less comfortable than you're used to being, uh, I think that this is something that can creep up. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited to dive into this with you. Yeah, same. It's, you know, every, I don't think I've ever met any immigrant or generally any person that hasn't dealt with that case of imposter syndrome, even the most confident people. Uh, for reference, this I suggested this after listening to our last episode yeah. on public speaking, and something that I didn't mention in that one was uh, when I was preparing for Moscon, uh, when we were backstage about to go on stage because I was hanging out with the speakers before they went on, and every person, 90% of the speakers that went on stage. They were all nervous, afraid. They all didn't think they could do it. Mm-hmm. They were all like, it was so funny to see. These are people who have been speaking for 15, in some cases, 20 years. They were afraid to get on stage. But once they get on that stage, everything changes. It's like a different person entirely. And it was amazing to see. So for me, you know, it gave me more confidence. And also, the one person that didn't seem to have any imposter syndrome that just, winged it or you know that seemed very confident they were the one that it didn't seem like the audience really resonated with them so it almost like it flipped yeah so it's bit. almost like having that nerves having that feeling of being inadequate actually helps people's performance generally then if you are too confident you're not really connecting with people so it's almost like authentic to go through those feelings a little bit before you you get up there and do it you like you are being more real and maybe connecting with the audience a bit more that way is, is that kind of what you're saying yeah uh, 
I started framing that during that conference because then there were newer speakers that were going on stage and I was telling them, I was like, are you feeling anxious? They'll be like, yeah, I'll be like, good, that's a feel. Mm-hmm. Use it, use that, like a feel, you know, if you drink it, it'll probably kill you. You don't want to do that. <laughs> but if you put it in your car, it drives it. Mm-hmm. So like, that's the same thing as anxiety. That's the same thing as nerves. It's how you use it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the speakers who engaged with the audience were the people who had that feel to drive them to connect to people yeah I, I really like the idea of reframing i remember i can't remember the exact context i got this advice in but i remember somebody telling me like that nervousness is just a response to the situation that you're in but it prepares your body to rise to the occasion mm-hmm. i guess in evolutionary terms that feeling is what gives you the ability to maybe run away from a dangerous situation right or maybe act like really quickly say if you're a hunter or something like that now you you're ready to make that move really really fast because mm-hmm. you have that heightened body response but the problem is like nowadays when we live in society you're not really needing to use that response right. in that artificial. way so it's it acts or it can be perceived as a poison rather than like an antidote or like a super potion that will help you actually get to the goal that you're trying to achieve um, right so it, it's it's a very much a framing exercise when you're feeling that way it's just, yeah. okay I'm just getting ready for something rather than I'm scared to do this thing. Interesting. So it's almost like we're too comfortable and we're so safe that it's actually not helpful for us. It's like someone who never gets sick at all. Yeah. When they do get sick, it's really bad. Yeah. Or if you get like little flus and there, you're you're safe in, you, in the long run. You you've been there before, so you understand what it, the, the purpose of it is. Whereas if it's like a rare occasion that happens to you, you clamp up instead and you're like, well, what's happening to me? Like something bad is happening. You frame it as something right. bad is happening other, rather than just either something is happening or this is preparing me in order to deal with what's about to happen. Exactly. And Chris Brown actually, uh, just before Musk on last year, I was just in my hotel about to fall asleep and I was watching his interview and it was like this divine time, time in. And they ask him, it's like, oh, after all these years, you've been performing since you're 16, do you ever get and nervous? He's like, hell yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. It's like, really? He's like, yeah, the day I stop feeling those nerves is the day I will stop performing because the nerves is what makes it worth it. That I was like, wow. Jumping off like, that that's cliff. That's freaking crazy, bro. Like, you know, he's performing all the time. But yeah, nerves, uh, nerves is not always a bad thing. For me, that was just, that freed me. Because once I was on stage and I am feeling the nerves, it's like this, it's like cold shower. Mm. It's like just... Wakes you, it just makes feels you up, so good, yeah. Makes you rise to the occasion, which is like a parallel almost with imposter syndrome mm-hmm. as well. Like to to bring it back, it seems as though that feeling that you're an imposter, or actually, you know, I think we dove straight into this topic without really describing what imposter syndrome is. Yeah, it's okay. It, it's like yeah. we get people like what do you call it in movies where you just jump straight into the action. Yeah. Now let's go back. <laughs> All right, let, let me let me define first at least how I understand imposter syndrome. It rises from being in a situation that perhaps you're not familiar in, mm-hmm. and you feel like you shouldn't be in that situation. It's a very common thing in career, because you start off be like fulfilling a certain role. And then over time, depending on your performance, maybe you start to increase your rank or you start to take on more and more responsibilities to, the, to a point where you get to a situation and you start to look around and you say, am I qualified to be doing this? Like I started off over here where I was comfortable and now I'm in this other area where I'm not so comfortable. 
am I an imposter? Which is where it comes from. So yeah. it's like a feeling of being uh, inauthentic in a way. Inadequate or inadequate. Of being a fraud. In, exactly. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's important to define this the way everybody knows what yeah. we're talking about. Um, but it's a, it's a very common issue in, like I said, like career especially. I know that that's where I've mostly experienced imposter syndrome is when it comes to like a career context. In my career, I sometimes found like I would either progress quickly or take on a new project that I'm not that familiar with. And then it would shake my confidence in my ability to perform that task or to perform that role. And it can actually hinder your ability to do that performance just because you are th you're psyching yourself out in a way. It's, it's a, all of this is mental. You are there for a reason, but you don't believe that you're there for a reason. And it can actually manifest itself in becoming reality in that you do actually end up being incompetent. But it's just because you thought that that was going to be the case. Right. Is that similar to an experience you've had? Oh yeah, for sure. It's um, I I, I actually had a conversation with um, my manager about that a while ago. I, I was like, it's interesting why I could do something in different environments, but my performance is completely different just based on what people expect of me in that environment. You could do something <clears throat> 10, 20 times, but <laughs> If you will convince yourself that you can't do it, you'll, you'll, you'll come off as a beginner. It's, it's like that a lot with many things. Like I remember giving a walkthrough to a customer not too long ago and I could not really do it until I reminded myself like, dude, you did this as your main job for two years and it just flipped and all of a sudden I knew how to do it again. Yeah. It's like just story. It's yeah. just in your head. The story you tell yourself. The story, we were just talking about yeah. that before we, we hit record is so much of life is you believing in the story that you tell yourself about the mm -hmm. situation. But like with imposter syndrome, like how that ties into imposter syndrome is, say you find yourself in an uncomfortable situation, the story that you're telling yourself is, I'm in an uncomfortable situation. That's just, the, and mm -hmm. then it becomes reality. Then you become uncomfortable in that situation. But if you woke up and you say, okay, I've done this tens, twenties of times, then suddenly it's not as big of a deal. And it's, we're looking at the same situation both times, and it's the same person both times, but two completely different contexts that change the way that you interact with, with that situation. Yeah, I, I totally agree. So, ah, oh man, I want to dive into like methods for, for dealing with imposter syndrome, yeah. because that's something that um, it took me a while to get a grasp of. And one of the one of the things that has helped in the past is like what we were talking about in last episode from that book, the the gap and the gain, is looking back at situations where you were in an uncomfortable situation and then you made it through, and then comparing those to the situation that you're in now, to start to deal with it. So it it this didn't happen overnight for me. Like it took time and practice in order to, to understand that that is the case. And I'm not saying I'm now magically immune to imposter syndrome mm -hmm. as a result of going through some of these situations. But I remember early on in my career, this is something that would really choke my performance. Is I, I would start to do well at whatever it is I was doing. As a result, I would get more responsibilities. Mm. Now that I have more responsibilities, mind you, they're just an extension of what I was doing before. I'm like, am I supposed to be here? Am I supposed to be in this room? And it doubled up even more so being in tech and being in a department where there wasn't a lot of people that looked like me. 
so it it double it double reinforces like maybe you're not supposed to be in this room like you're an imposter <laughs> back to why we started this yeah. because representation matters when there are no when there's no one around you who does what you do or sounds like you or is like you you feel like you don't belong in there and uh the most i've ever felt like i belonged anywhere in like was afrotech you know um even when i was in nigeria i didn't feel like i belonged because i wasn't like a typical nigerian kid i was too nerdy i was into western culture i just didn't fit in in nigeria in the uk i didn't fit in i was too nigerian um it wasn't until afrotech where i was there with a bunch of nerds from around the world like it wasn't it didn't matter what you sounded like it, it was we're all just the same it was wild to see 25,000 copies of me in one way <laughs> and that changed me that really changed me i became more confident um black panther oh black panther was the turning point in my career the movie the movie explain <laughs> The movie, I, I remember, you know, uh, my imposter syndrome was so bad when I, my company failed. I shall have to have a failure because you, you literally, your company failed. Mm -hmm. You feel like, oh, I'm not adequate. I'm not good. So, like, I remember my confidence was very unshakable when I was building the company. And when it shut down, it was like, it was all gone. I didn't even think. It took my mentor to, like, Ola, like, you, all, I should say proper, Ola, <laughs> you <laughs> like you're creative you can do this you can do that and you know i got back into uh working for another company and i still wasn't confident i wasn't going for the challenges i was like playing it safe and i went to see that movie and while i was watching the movie you're not supposed to do that in theater but as i was in the theater i was like checking all of the things like oh that looks familiar i looked at where the clothes were from who directed it who did this i was seeing all of this inspiring black people that made this spectacle happen and i was just so inspired to be black mm. like i felt so powerful as a black person mm. that when i got out of the theater in my car i started writing an entire blog on what i learned from the movie mm. and to, today is still my most popular blog ever yeah. it's called i think cultural impact of black panther on the african diaspora mm -hmm. and um yeah i just wrote down all of the ways it inspired me and the next day there was an extra balance in my step i was at work i started speaking up in meetings i started believing in myself right. i started believing that i have ideas that matters because this was a movie that was made by 90 percent black people that grossed over, I think, a billion dollars or something. And excellent. Can, yeah, if they can do it, you and I can do it. Mm -hmm. and, and you uh, deserve the, ch the opportunity to try and do it as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it does. And you know, I uh, then I went into the rabbit hole of like watching all the interviews of everyone involved, and I, I can't remember who said it, but one of them was like, "You just have to do what you want to do. It's not your job to discount yourself. It's you don't." disqualify yourself don't disqualify let other people do it for you <laughs> oh man yeah this this uh concept is something that i really like is the idea of self-disqualification mm -hmm. i think a lot of people do that it, i don't think you necessarily have to be like an immigrant or be in a in, in a unique situation in order to find yourself doing this a lot of the time 
you are just in a something new and you think to yourself like I shouldn't I shouldn't be here or, I can't do it blah 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 and these thoughts are already saying no to you before anybody else has a chance to say no to you I say give other people a chance to say no to you yeah don't be the don't start don't lead the pack in denying new opportunities in any don't case don't be your own gatekeeper that's right man yeah man that that resonates a lot with me especially the the movies so yeah if if you need to show this podcast if you're a young person you're listening to this and you need to show your parents that you should be watching movies or allowed to watch <laughs> movies they can be incredibly inspirational man and being able to like get that like i think i like the way you said like a pep in your step is essentially mm-hmm. from seeing excellence delivered by people you resonate with maybe it doesn't even have to be people you resonate with but like seeing excellence and thinking i can go for something like that i think is super vital and it's it, it's almost like a it, it has the same effect as meditation in a way you clear your mind mm-hmm. of the story that you've told it for so long and you start to think story i can again. do it a <laughs> oh, story yeah story, story is huge right? story comes up i think story will come up a lot actually yeah. as we talk about some of these topics Yeah. Yeah, it's uh I mean, growing up my favorite superhero was Spider-Man and as soon as I saw that like oh bye-bye Spider-Man like, <laughs> <He was laughs> I got a superhero now. And <laughs> that was for my uh inner child. It wasn't for my adult self. My adult self, you know, you you know it's make believe, but you know I think anyways all my creativity comes from my inner child when I engage the little kid and make him happy and just knowing he has this make believe this hero just I don't know it just makes you feel like I said it makes being black feel like a superpower like I from that day I felt this pure energy that like I have unlimited source of creativity and there's no limit not to mention the the, the swag that's in that movie man exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just you know the things that you normally we don't we take for granted about ourselves mm-hmm. it just makes you realize that no we're cool and i'm not saying like black people are cooler than anyone it just makes you realize that where you're from your roots matter yeah you know you who you are is your power mm-hmm. and that's when i went home to nigeria and because i wanted to even make that feeling stronger mm-hmm. then i was around nigerians i was seeing how people were hustling and the mentality and I was like oh this is why I'm who I am this mm. is why I'm always having all these side projects yeah. just because that's that's where I'm from right. so yeah representation you know huge it, it breaks you out of that imposter syndrome mentality that's why I think it's so important i know there's a lot of controversy around um like recasting people mm. with with different backgrounds or whatever and regardless of how you feel about that i think representation in general whether it be through like new characters or rethinking new ca- like old characters is an incredibly beneficial especially to young people to see themselves in a situation or see somebody that like looks like them or comes from a similar culture in in particular situations and they overcome all these problems i think it actually has a pretty big impact on the way groups view themselves uh you mentioned black panther as an example um but there's lots of other examples as well that kind of a- allow us to imagine ourselves in those same shoes or at least imagine ourselves that it's possible. Yeah, for sure. I always see that in pop culture all the time. Anytime a celebrity that is not like the norm, anytime they become successful, you see so many of their type of people. Like, you know, Kanye West when he first came into the music industry, it was all gangster music. 
it was all 50 Cent mm. and it was gangster music that was the number one in rap and hip hop and Kanye West came with this backpack uh, polo wearing swag yeah. and he changed the landscape of music mm -hmm. like you remember the 2007 when he went against 50 Cent they had Curtis versus uh, graduation. No, to see I didn't know this happened. Either. Yeah, they had this I fake beef, which was not real. Yeah, but they had a beef to see who would um, sell the most, mm. and Kanye won, and that was the moment hip hop cha uh, changed from bit. gangster mm. to softer music, and then that led to like Good Life was on uh, that album, Graduation, mm -hmm. and after Good Life, um, Kanye mentioned that um, MJ. Michael Jackson was in the studio when he was recording that or, or heard about the song and praised his vocals like oh you can actually sing mm. and then that led to 808 and Heartbreak uh, and 808 and Heartbreak led to Lil Wayne's Lollipop and mm -hmm. basically hip-hop changing changed, its as sound. we know it now we have then that Brother Drake, yeah, and then Drake, and, and now he's <laughs> taking that to a whole other level, yeah, yeah, and then Drake jumped on one dance and then we got uh, um, you know Afrobeats was already going to go well yeah. but it made it even more mainstream Boosted brings it into yeah, so the spotlight it just had all these domino effects like mm -hmm. yeah it's crazy yeah and it just comes from like allowing the space for a, a certain uniqueness in a way yeah like Kanye brought like a uniqueness to his role as a as like a hip hop artist that was different to what was the norm yeah and maybe you could even argue because it was different is why it had the success that it had. It just like spun, it probably opened up a whole new audience as well. Yeah. Now more interested in hip hop if they had something against maybe like the predominant gangster rap that was happening at the time. It just allows to open other people to also kind of, permission. hey, you give permission, yeah. I wear polo shirts, now I have somebody who kind of represents yeah. that. <laughs> you give people, when you are yourself, you give other people permission to be themselves, whether they know it or not. Oh man, yeah, I love it. That that yeah. that's that's cool, and yeah. So, in your life, mm. how have you dealt with like imposter syndrome? So you told me the story with like you know Black Panther having that effect on you, but nowadays when you notice yourself slipping back into that old mindset, like do you have any frameworks that you would share with anybody else as to like how to get yourself out of it? Yeah, uh, well, value. <laughs> that's number one when you're so values and goals in your purpose you know i keep saying those things we have to talk about that someday we need an episode just because it's very important that purpose? i think we should, uh, yeah purpose yeah. and you know, they're all intertwined together um when your purpose is so strong you don't have time for anything else you don't have to think i'm an imposter you don't have to you don't have to mm. you know what i mean like you just you just do it because you want to do it uh, when I created Black Root, which was that resources for black people during, you know, when Black Lives Matter happened in 2020, I could have said, oh, who am I to create like a resource library? Like, I, I'm not, you know, popular, I'm not this. But people were asking me all these questions. People needed resources, people needed help. So I just created it. It was because I needed to solve a problem. And then that ended up blowing up way beyond my imagination but if i had been thinking about the after i would not have done the before you know what i mean like if i had been thinking of all those things and same thing as musk on when they i was asked to do it 
I was not, I didn't think I was ready. I didn't think I could do it. However, all I saw was, wait, when has a Nigerian ever emceed this? This is an opportunity for people like me to see that they can get to this as well. Mm. And it's had that effect since then. I've seen so many Nigerians like reach out to me saying, oh, I got into SEO because of this. Like, oh, I saw the name Ola. Now, uh, like, are you Nigerian? I was like, yeah. It's like, oh, well, it's nice to see someone who is just like me doing this thing. And yeah, for me, that was, um, that was why I did that. It was for the mission. Like, we've never podcast before. Like, I've, this was the very first podcast we ever did. Mm -hmm. But we didn't do it because we knew how to. Mm -hmm. It was because we wanted to create a platform that we would listen to. Mm -hmm. You know, like, it's just having something outside of yourself. Yeah, that's, that's what, what I was hearing yeah. as well. It's like the common theme. Yeah, having something outside of yourself that you know, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm noticing it more and more recently. Actually, since I dove into this whole self-employment life, mm. uh, you need to do certain certain activities in order to stay top of mind, to be considered that kind of thing. And it's not something that I've typically spent time on in the past, especially like posting on LinkedIn, say, or like commenting on people's posts yeah. and like being engaged with people and offering your point of view a lot it's not something that i'm completely used to but something that i know that i need to do because a lot of business comes from that is like from linkedin connections and talking on linkedin and so now i'm in the process of trying to like build a, a habit of doing it more and more and more and more regardless of like how i'm getting like what i'm getting for feedback in terms of like engagement and things like that it's like i need to become the person who posts a lot and then then be rewarded for it not the opposite way around sometimes you think like it needs to like you need to be someone in order for people to engage with it yeah instead of no you like you become that someone by posting a lot yeah, and then engage. people will engage with it i had this thing earlier today remember i said i need to start tweeting more but this is a tweet i will put as a point marketing is just another form of customer service. Explain. So instead of you saying, I need to start posting more, you should start looking at the people that you're helping. Like there's someone who needs my service out mm -hmm. there. And it's my responsibility, it's my responsibility like, to, to help reach them. out. Yeah. Make, you know, I have to create a post yeah. that makes them realize that they have an issue. I have to create a post that reaches them the way they need to be reached. When you mm -hmm. think of marketing as customer service, you you care about your customers. You don't want to waste their time. Yeah. You make your messaging more relevant, concise. Concise. Mm. You are. You make it funny. You make it more delightful, more engaging. You're chasing them wherever they are. Yeah. So, like, if an advertisement is awful to someone, it's not annoying. Yeah. It's customer service. Mm -hmm. You're actually doing them a favor in a way. You're doing them a favor. You know, if if your product is great and you're happy about it why would you not want to put it in front of as many people as possible? Exactly, bro. <laughs> yeah, and that's like that framing discussion that we were having before as well. It's like one, one thing is, am I being annoying by doing mm. this? Am I, like, am I saying the, the right relevant message? And that's like the side that leads you more down the rabbit hole of thinking you're an imposter versus there's this group of people that need my help. Let me try and find a way to connect with them and in a way that inspires them to take action to solve their issue and then that's like a service thing and it's like a responsibility rather than like a burden that you feel like you're maybe 
putting on other people you're instead like reaching yeah. out into something positive instead yeah and it's an advice i always gave my seo clients a long time ago but i never uh, i never articulated it in a concise way like i did today it was just always like stop thinking about what keywords rank for stop thinking about all these things the tools are great after the fact but the first thing you should be looking at is what keeps my customers up at night mm. what are they struggling with it's like just find it and then what words would they be searching and in order to find that in order to find that and then if you're not sure of the words because you know no one has you know you don't have all the answers in your head then you use the tools to quantify the inches that you have and yeah that's in terms of that that was my own approach to marketing anyways mm. and i think for you i think that's that's that could be helpful as well stop looking mm. stop even remove the word post from your vocabulary <laughs> <laughs> i need to reach i need to reach these people i need to reach these people how can i reach these kids <laughs> yeah like how many people have i reached how many times have i attempted to reach people this week mm. not how many times have i posted yeah, yeah that's a good point man <laughs> yeah yeah that's a good because then you realize oh wait i've only attempted to reach people five times this week what yeah. am i doing with my life yeah <laughs> they need more attempts yeah they need more attempts <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. think that would help you. Oh, yeah. besides that, I think I, we can classify that as a little bit of imposter syndrome, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Besides that, that, what way. else have you like? How else have you experienced it? Uh, I'll, I'll tell you an example that's not really to do with career, mm. but it, it ties into personal development. So when I was thinking about moving here mm. I felt a bit of imposter syndrome although I don't think I would have articulated it like that at the time uh, but it's all of, it was uh, the issue was like a vision thing so I was in Newfoundland I knew that I wanted to move but in my mind it felt impossible how can I move to like a bigger city it's all the way across like how can I move my stuff across like I had all these excuses essentially mm. that would be in the way of me making a big change in my life and then I realized actually through spending a lot of time reading that book that we're talking about, The Courage to Be Disliked, that this is like me being in St. John's, living in St. John's, doing this was a story that I had very much solidified in my past. And it's just, it was hard to break out of that narrative. And then I started to think, okay, instead, what are, like it's been done before. Like people have moved across country and it's, it's possible. Why don't you just like list out the tasks that are necessary in order for you to do that? And you can see that it's just like a small list of things or like it's a list of small things is what I meant to say. And you look at each one and you're like, I can do that thing. 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 And I made my way all the way down the thing. It's like I can do all of the mini tasks that are required in order for me to do this big task that I don't think I can do. Therefore, it's possible to do this. So breaking it down in a more systematic form actually allowed me to break out of the narrative that I was telling myself that I couldn't do this thing mm. and instead think this is definitely a thing that's possible. I just need to put a date on it and take action. And that's something that I, I've noticed a lot with uh, imposter syndrome, both mm. in career and in personal life, is when I'm feeling like I don't know that I can do this thing, the most important thing is to identify step one and then do that step. And then that piece of confidence that comes from accomplishing that little piece feeds into the next step and the next step. And it's like a, a positive feedback loop that eventually gets you to do the action that you were dreading to doing or the action that you didn't believe that you could do. And that's like a framework that's worked for me and busted me out of a few situations. So you mentioned two very important insights that I picked from that. You mentioned one, breaking it down, breaking things down into like sizable chunks yeah. and also um, 
getting things out of your head so you're more objective about it i think those are separate but they're just as powerful i mentioned you know uh getting out doing things out <clears throat> outside of yourself i said it in terms of a mission and you know your your goals but you said the exact same thing but from in terms of a systems way yeah. once you're out of your head you put things on paper yeah. you, or whatever you need to do yeah. Whatever your medium is. Yeah, whatever your medium is. It just helps to... You just see it for what it is. Whether it's bad or good, you know what you need. If you're not adequate, you know what you need to fix. If you're adequate, you're like, oh, damn, like, I'm qualified for this thing. Like, mm -hmm. what am I stressing about? Yeah. Like, just put it all out. Yeah, quantify... Not quantify. What do you call it? Um, solidify? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Solidify, yeah, the thing. Solidify the idea. So something something interesting and like this is a thought that like i'm having at the moment i'm not okay. really like let's dive into like it those. a little bit it's a spontaneous thought so how can you frame imposter syndrome in a way that makes it a positive thing so what i'm thinking is every time that i experienced imposter syndrome it was either at the cusp of doing something that would propel me to like a new level, quote unquote, whatever that means for that situation, mm. or I had just been propelled to a new level, but like the new level is common theme in both. So imposter syndrome feels very similar whichever situation that you're in, but what if recognizing that you're starting to feel that way can then trigger a positive response in you knowing that, oh, this just means I'm about to do something greater than I've done before. And instead, welcoming that feeling, whenever you feel like you're an imposter, maybe it just means you're on the cusp of doing something really amazing, and lean into that, and apply some of the frameworks that we talked about in order to accomplish and like get past that, like essential block, but to actually welcome it like an old friend rather than something that you dread and you're like, oh no, I'm being an imposter. It's like I'm being an imposter right now. This is great. This is, means that I'm about to do something I haven't yeah. done before. I'm about to stretch myself in a way. I, I love that framing. <clears throat> I don't have an answer to it because there's so many different, you know, scenarios of imposter syndrome. Uh, one is pioneering moments. You know, if you, when we talk about representation, I started seeing when I am in a room that no one is like me. Instead of like, oh, I don't belong here. It's like, no, I am being a pioneer. Mm. Someday, someone in the future would we'll tell the story that this is the person that made me do this. So that's one. But for things that are not necessarily that representation, there are some things that is representation, but you you yourself haven't done it. Mm -hmm. I don't have a frame. I don't have a framing for that. Do you? <laughs> not yet. <laughs> uh, no, this is a work in progress for sure. And it's like aside from breaking things down, like the way that I was t telling mm. you before, I have like I I'm still experimenting with ways in order to be comfortable with the feeling, because even though you you, you can, you know, have a framework for how you want to accomplish this certain thing, how you want to actually overcome the situation. The feeling is still there, almost like a nervousness is still there, and mm. the feelings of self-doubt still come. So since you're going to go through those feelings anyway, I'm looking for ways in order to enjoy those feelings in a way, because they're always almost, they're tied to a moment of growth. Mm -hmm. So like that's the positive thing, but like the feelings can feel negative as you're going through them. So I want a way of like switching it so that when I start to feel these things, 
I have a positive reaction rather than the initial kind of like anxious reaction before I'm able to apply some of the frameworks that I've learned in order to kind of overcome. I mean, in a way you can't even, everyone is an imposter, first of all. Yeah. You have to be, because that's by definition, if you're doing something that hasn't been done before, you are not that thing yet. Mm. Like you have to be an imposter before you can achieve something you've never achieved before. Yeah. Like, I don't know, think about that for a moment. Like, that, that ties into what we were talking about before we hit record as well in a, little, in a way like the like whether you need to become a, per, a particular type of person before you can go mm -hmm. through something or that you go through that thing to become that particular type of person it's like what happens first like a chicken and the egg situation and feeling like an imposter is almost like a gateway because you have to go through that in order to become the th the person that you need to be in order to go through situations like that it's like you you need to do the action first before you become the person rather than right. wait to become the person before you do the action yeah I, yeah it's the exact same concept yeah. for me i also find that just being honest with yourself and with people helps a lot in the public speaking one i mentioned that even though i was failing miserably i mentioned that this is my first time yeah. that helps when I'm taking on a project that I've never done before with a group, the first thing I tell them is, this is my first time doing this, so brand new to I don't know what I'm doing, but I will figure it out. And I think that that helps a lot. It helps fight that feeling of imposter syndrome because you are no longer an imposter. You're just someone that is trying something new. You're not pretending to be what you're not. You are, yeah, you're just outside of your comfort zone and that's okay. Uh, that actually inspires people. That's a nice one too, it's like, just being honest about being in a brand new situation doesn't make you an imposter anymore. Mm -hmm. You're just a beginner. You're, you're just, just a beginner. Yeah, you're just a beginner. You, yeah, that's it. You can... Yeah. You know, yeah. That's a reframe of the whole yeah. situation too. Yeah. Instead of looking at it as an imposter. Like you have to pretend to be th that person already. Mm. You don't have to. Perhaps maybe you can just be new to something and be honest about being new to something. And in that way, you give yourself grace, people give you grace as well as you try and figure out this new situation that you find yourself in. There's this concept that uh, Jeff Bezos mentions all the time that they use, I don't know if they still use it at Amazon, the day one mentality. And I think that helps as well. Like always look at everything you do as every day you're a beginner. And if you see yourself as a beginner every day, you're an imposter every single day mm -hmm. in, based on our definition then if you're something every single day you stop feeling it it's just your normal <laughs> yeah, that's just who you are now that's just who you are now and yeah I, I don't know for me i kind of my relationship with imposter syndrome has gotten so much better over time because i'm always like i you know i was in newfoundland i was for the most time i'm all in a class of like 100 people mm. i'm usually the only black guy mm -hmm. in almost any room after a while you kind of like you get used to it, you mm -hmm. get desensitized to it. It's mm -hmm. not a good thing to get des desensitized to, mm -hmm. but it's the reality. Mm -hmm. You just, yeah, you just have to embrace it, that it's part of life. It's everyone goes through it. Uh, there's no cure for it because as long as you keep growing, you'll always be an imposter. If let's say you have your career, you have everything set up and then you have kids 
Uh, you've never been a parent, so now you're an imposter. Now, yeah. <laughs> now yeah, you're brand new to that thing now. So, yeah, there's always something, and yeah. I don't know, to the end of your life, too, you're like, oh, I've never died before. Okay, I'm an imposter. <laughs> that's, that's new to you as well. <laughs> for life. For life, you're always an imposter. That's probably another thing that also helps, is like, you're, this is a feeling that is, it's always going to be there in a way. Every time you, I, I like the word that you use, pioneer something new. Yeah. Um, it just means that you know you're stretching your capabilities and it's actually th that idea of just making yourself believe that every time you're feeling that you're actually on the brink of uh, like a big chunk of personal growth I think just helps helps a lot to deal with with the day-to-day -day anxious feelings that you might get out of the situation anyways all well, do you have anything else to add on the topic um, just what are the negative if side effects like mm. You know, for you, you start this time around. What negative. do you think are the negative side effects of imposter syndrome? What does it deny people of? I think it denies people the opportunity to perform as well as they probably would in that situation if they didn't feel like that. Uh, like, let's say you're new to a particular role and person A and person B, they're the same, they've got the same skill sets. Mm. Person A, doesn't feel like they should be doing that role person b is a little bit more confident in themselves and they hop right into the role keep in mind this is essentially the same person but person a is going to probably reinforce the reality that they've created in their mind that they're not supposed to be there and that they're likely going to make mistakes whatever the story is they're telling themselves those things will start to be real or even if they're making the exact same mistakes as person b the two people are thinking about these things differently Person A is going to say, oh, these mistakes are a symptom of the, the fact that I'm an imposter. Mm -hmm. Whereas person B is just going to look at those exact same mistakes and say, these are just mistakes. I know that I'm supposed to be doing this, but I just made a misstep here, there. But it's fine. I'm going to get back to my normal status, which is doing well at this particular role. And I think that's where it can be a bit of a hindrance. And that's something that I've noticed for sure. Like when I hopped up a level years ago now, but... Um, I remember at my first tech job when I hopped up a level, I just wasn't sure I was supposed to be there, even though like I'd spent time proving that I I should be in that mm -hmm. role. When I got to that role, suddenly I started to think, am I supposed to have this much responsibility? Am I really ready for something like this? Um, like I'm, I'm afraid to make mistakes. And then when the mistakes happen, that's what I would focus on because it would reinforce the story that I'm not supposed to be doing that role. But over time, I realized that it, it's just it's a it's some it's mental construct this whole idea right so if i reframe my my way of thinking about it instead of thinking oh this is like somewhere i'm not supposed to be you embrace the opportunity a lot more and you start to actually behave in a way that reinforces that new story that you are supposed right. to be there um so yeah that's how i've seen it act negatively and i've seen it a lot not just with myself but with coworkers as well like there's people you can work with and you know for sure you know what this person is talented they deserve to to be promoted or to have more responsibility or whatever it may be that they're looking for but they're holding themselves back in a way because they're and it, it because it's just their mental it's nothing to do with their capabilities or anything like that but they won't step up to the plate or they won't suggest that thing in a meeting or they won't ask for that raise because they don't they're they're scared in a way but they have no reason to be scared so that's the thing that I think that can be a bit, a bit of a hindrance. It can hold you back um, when you feel like an imposter because you, you won't go for everything that you deserve. I 100% agree. And to circle back on what you said about <clears throat> how 
the difference between two people are just sometimes of the same skill level is just doing the thing sometimes um, the if you have two people with equal amount of talent and skills the person who grows faster is the person who has a quicker feedback loop of learning you know and the only Great way point. you can get that feedback loop is to try things you you try you fail you try you fail you try you fail and you get good so all of a sudden um, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy like you just because you believed in yourself in your ability to get better now you're actually in like two months better than the person who never started and you're no longer an imposter but the person who never started remains in that position mm -hmm. and yeah so just do things don't yeah. don't be held back another just thing start. yeah sorry go ahead no, i was gonna just add yeah just start that's a way to get past all of this stuff as well just get started with something yeah yeah let the world say no don't say no to yourself yeah and, and something else that i noticed that holds people back you know uh we compare ourselves to like things we see on social media everyone looks so confident like you know you say someone going vegan while well, you're all these things what i've learned in social media is like people that like sometimes i seem like they have it all figured out in like two years you realize that it was all a facade like i'm not saying everything you, you see online is a facade but the reality is that not as many people have it together as they claim they do and uh when you uh yeah when you feel like you know you're an imposter you feel like everyone else is better it's not always the case like you know trust yourself like give yourself the chance to fail give yourself the chance to try things give yourself the chance to suck like <laughs> what that's a, that's an interesting point. What do you think of the idea of um, fake it till you make it? Um, I like it and I don't. I don't know the right framing. I don't like the... F uh, I would say act it till you become it. That's more like what I like to use. So I don't like the fake it mm -hmm. part. Mm -hmm. I mean, I get it. It's the same idea. Mm -hmm. But some people take it literally. Like yeah. they're like fake, yeah. real fake. Mine is more like acts, like I will, before I, I, I don't know if it always works, but before I do anything, I always have like a role model of the person in my head that I'm doing it like. So uh, whether it's like, I don't know, on stage out in my head for like five minutes, I'm Obama, yeah. I'm Steve Jobs or whatever. But after a while, you just become the person. Yeah. Like you're no longer imitating this thing. You melt into them. Mm. And then just because your background and interests are so different, you form this new version of yeah. yourself. Yeah. And yeah, at first it's like an act, like literally like an actor. You take on the role and you play it so well. <laughs> and then eventually you no longer need to play it. It's just you. Mm. And you're not faking it then. You're just acting like someone else. Love that. Yeah. Yeah, so that's yeah. another point. Yeah, uh, there's so much more that you know I have to share on this, but we'll, this will always come up. There would always be, you know, some of our guests would have moments of imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. We'll still have stories to share, so I don't need. I don't think we need to go tr you know, into all of that today. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd also like to hear some other methods people have had. Like I think we've talked about a few frameworks, um, systematic, mm. mental that can enable somebody to kind of bust out of imposter syndrome but i'd love to hear how other people are also dealing with the situation 
like I said, everybody goes through this. So lots of people are probably going to have their own unique takes on how they go about it. Yeah. Would love to hear that. So uh, please comment on, you know, whatever platform you're listening to this on and let us know like what you've been doing. <laughs> I'd love to hear because like this is, this is a process that we're always going to be going through. Yeah. So like whatever we can do to help each other out. Um, it's, it's going to be helpful. And keep giving us all your feedback. We take all of it into account. We've, man, there's so many feedbacks that have shaped what we do. Yeah. You know, one of the topics was inspired by something someone said to Mac. Yeah. Um, earlier on, I corrected my name because someone mentioned it out. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, just we want this to be interactive. So uh, tell us topics you want us to discuss. Tell us guests you want, and we'll try. We'll try not to have imposter syndrome. <laughs> we'll and get them reach on. Reach out to people. Oh, that's something else I enjoy doing. It's my favorite thing in, to do. Reach out to celebrities and just like ask questions that they have no choice but to answer. Yeah. And I'm not trying to like make them become my friends mm. or even form any relationship. Mm. But it's just to tell myself that I can do things. Uh, just and, get that insight. And you did that too recently. You mentioned that. Yeah. Just shoot your, shoot your shot. Just shoot my shot, man. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah, just yeah. shoot your shots. Uh, try things. Give yourself a chance to fail. Don't discount yourself. Yeah. And all of the gems that we tried to share today, um, apply that and let us know. Yeah. That was Foreign Gems. We'll be back at it again next week. And yeah. Please uh, give us a five star rating or whatever you're seeing this on. We, yeah, we're starting to get ratings. We're starting to get ratings yeah, on Apple. Let's go. Apple Podcast. No, I haven't seen any on uh, Spotify yet, but okay. Yeah. Yeah. Please rate and, and subscribe. Like it, it helps us reach a wider audience, and hopefully we can continue to help more and more people have these discussions and share some of the frameworks that are working for us. Yeah. Share your favorite episodes with someone who needs to hear it. I don't know. We're trying to build a community as well, so engage with us. This was Mac and Ola. Ola, yep. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>